When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey guys, this is Emil Heskey and you're listening to the guys on Coppen Fracas. The best word I can say is describe this one. Mellow, lovely cushion header. Hello everybody, welcome to this week's episode of Copper Fracast, powered by Social Media Group. I'm your host, Krish, and joining me this week to talk about all things in what I've been... I can only describe it as an eventful weekend of all things at Football Football Club. I'm joined by Julian. I'm joined by Naomi. I'm joined by Manny. Um, gents and lady, it's been quite the week. Um, it's not even been a full week. That's how long it's been, which is the insane thing. It took thinking about it all. How are we all feeling? Because we're gonna get, we're gonna talk talk some emotions. It's gonna be a good therapy session we're gonna have. So how are we all feeling at this moment of time? Weird. <laughs> yeah, very weird. I feel quite empty as well. I feel like that news. It feels like I'm mourning a death. Like honestly, that's mm. like how we can describe it. I feel so empty. Yeah, no, I, I second that. Honestly, it's felt surreal. Honestly, it still feels surreal at the moment. It just felt like it's right up there in terms of bad news that you could hear, whether it be mourning a death your partner leaving you your what's it called whatever it is just everything your world just kind of crushing down in that sense like you it didn't really feel real and even now it doesn't feel real so yeah it's still just kind of grieving it i can't lie yeah i'm, I'm at that stage i'm at that stage of acceptance where you know i've kind of grieved you know took my time away from work went home early just 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 stared at the ceiling for a bit but now you know i think mm-hmm. i'm at this stage of acceptance so I need to get to your stage. I feel like I'm still the way off. You know done it for me. It was just it was just um the understanding. We'll get into it more, but the understanding yeah. side of like where Klopp is coming from in terms of wanting mm-hmm. to stop now. So yeah. I mean we did the live reaction pod, Julian. Um 
we did live on Twitter. It's on the Patreon page now. It is free to listen. Uh, I'll do the usual Patreon plugs in a second. But the the I'm removed from the raw emotion of that pod. I think we were more in dismay, very mm. much in surprise of kind of that. But now we've had the time to digest it. Um, and I think that pod definitely helps how we kind of as a, as a collective helped each other through this thing. And, and I know opposition fans are going to listen to this thinking, Jesus Christ, these are a lot of dramatic kind of, <laughs> you know, talking about this. You know you know what I mean? Like, for all intensive purposes, and I said this, to, I had to say this to my girlfriend at the weekend. I was like, I'm, I'm upset about a guy I've never met, hopefully God willing one day I will, who is basically leaving a company. Now, yeah. when you put it in those terms, it makes zero sense. But in this world that we're in, this game of football, it means everything to us, and the um, we'll talk about it in more detail later. But the journey we've gone through with with this man at, at the helm for almost ten years, and you have to think about where you were ten years ago to where you are now. I've grown up from a young adult to a full blown man mm. in that time period. So you know, it, it's 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 one of those things, you know, you know. So um, yeah. Uh, Patreon.com forward slash cop and fracas if you want to hear more pain um, or just want to hear really good content about Liverpool, to be fair, £3 a month. Um, or we do have a free tier if you want to subscribe. Go through some of the free content we've got in there, get a taste of what we've got going on. It is really good stuff. Um, so do head over to the page and subscribe today. We will have a Twitter space on Thursday. Correct me if I'm wrong, Julian, uh, but it will be yourself and Dr. Mike going up against two the dorks from Tucci Gunas as we play Arsenal this Sunday on the Super Sunday. Um, but yeah, that's it for all the plugs. Um, let's get stuck into it. So, like a shotgun blast to the chest, it all hit us. Came out of nowhere. It was Royal Rumble weekend uh, previously just gone. It was an RKO out of nowhere. Um, we all got hit with the news that at the end of the season, Jürgen Klopp is leaving Liverpool. Um, again, for kind of the raw emotion of that conversation, listen to the uh, come to, to the live reaction pod we did that is live on the Patreon page. Uh, if you want to see the video, uh, it is on our Twitter page as well. Um, well, yeah, Naomi, I'll start, I'll, I'll start with you. We have had the time to kind of process it. Um, talk to me, obviously, what you were feeling in that moment. And now, you know, we've kind of heard the manager speak um, very eloquently on, on why he, he kind of feels this is the time to leave. Just talk to me about just kind of how you're feeling in the moment, how you feel now. So in the moment, I can literally tell you because it's like, I feel like I'll never forget it. I had a, cl a client meet, a client call, literally I was getting ready, setting up in my office space where I work from. And I opened my phone. I hadn't really gone on Twitter that day, actually. I opened my phone and the first thing I see, it said two minutes ago, a message from, cl from cl the manager, from the boss. And then I saw the video and I thought, oh, the first thing genuinely I thought was, oh my God, it's a contract extension because that's mm -hmm. how he does it. So I thought, oh my God, like the, the rumours, you know, our friend Chris Khan coming out of the rumours. I thought, you know, he's signing the contract and then it turns out that he's leaving. And I literally screamed. I literally screamed. And my sister was like, what's happened? Like genuinely ran down, like what's happened? I was like, Jürgen Klopp's left. Like Jürgen Klopp's leaving. Like I couldn't believe it. I was like distraught. I felt like I could, I didn't even focus in my client meeting you know when two people are talking at you and nothing's going in I couldn't tell you what that meeting was about because on the slide I was putting my mute and just like scrolling like I was just like this has, <laughs> got, to be fake. This has got to be fake this has got to be fake like honestly like I could not tell you a single thing from that meeting all I was thinking is like I need this meeting to end 
to go and like talk to everyone and see what's going on because I thought it was a prank genuinely I thought this can't be real and then I thought it was really real then I saw you guys say on the group chat emergency pod and all these things and I was just like oh my god this is actually real like he's actually leaving and then after a while I did not watch the 24 minute interview because I just couldn't bring myself to do it I thought oh it's too Mm -hmm. real I watched the 3 p.m press conference and then when the 3 p.m press conference came I'm not going to lie, I understood his reasons, like, completely. Like, we forget these people are humans, they're not robots. And at the end of the day, it's like us at a job. Imagine being at a job for 10 years and you're at the very top of it and you're playing, you're managing a huge institution with so much expectation on your shoulder, with the media constantly trying to misconstrue everything you're saying, especially for someone who comes across as normal as Klopp. It's going to get tedious. It's going to get very, very tiring. So I think something that always resonates with Klopp is when he walks in, he always referred to himself as a normal one. And I think this just shows that he came full circle, how normal he is and how much he just does want to like re-energize and just go stay with his family. I know he recently welcomed a grandchild lately. That probably had him thinking like, I've got a grandkid to live for. I want to enjoy this moment. You know, I can't come and you know, die for a job when my whole family have been here the whole time. So from a human perspective, I really understand it. From a sporting perspective, I'm very, very sad because he has genuinely turned us from doubters to believers. He did what he says. He delivered above and beyond. You know, we went toe-to-toe with one of the greatest teams of all time, you know, pushed them to the very, very end. No other manager for me could ever achieve that what he has done. I feel like he was the perfect fit. He understood Liverpool through and through, our values, our core. You know, he really re-energised us. He made me love football. Like, I already love football, but the love that I have for Liverpool is just beyond because of him. And I just can't imagine a life without him there. So I'm, I'm so sad. Honestly, like I said earlier, it feels like a death. Like, I'm devastated. But from a human perspective, I do wish him well. I wish him good health. I wish him the best times with his family. I hope he does relax and re-energize and, you know, get that energy back. And who knows, maybe one day we'll see him managing again. And if not, I hope he just enjoys himself because he truly, truly deserves it. It did seem like the portrait of a man who was just tired, really. And which is weird because we've seen him this season look really re-energized. So last season, I thought he was going to quit. Because he genuinely looked done. Like, I, re- I can't remember what game it was. There was one game where he was like, this is the worst I've ever seen this team play, like, in my years of being here. Like, not a good... I think it was, was honestly, Brighton. Yeah, I was After that game, I was like, oh, my God, this guy could walk. I was like, he looks mm. so done. He looks like... Obviously, he also recently lost his mum. So I was like, that could play a role. Like, he's gone through grief. The team, some of the team members have gone through grief. And obviously, he has to deal with that. It's just bad news upon bad news around that time. Mm. And like I said, he seems like an emotional guy. So things like that probably do affect him. So Mm. I think last season definitely played a huge part in um, his decision he's made the last couple of months. Yeah, and it's it's completely understandable as well. Um, Manny, I'll kind of come to you. I think Naomi's put it perfectly. We've kind of gone through the, the, this journey with the manager. He's reinvigorated my love for football and my love for the football club itself. Yep. All you have to do is look at the position where we were before he came in. Not only were we struggling to get kind of a foothold in English football, you know, we're struggling to even get back into Europe, doing what we do there, considering you know that's where we thrive the most in Europe. Yeah. 
and he took us back to the summit of English football, European football, and world football. Just, just talk to me about how much that this this journey with this specific manager has meant to you. Yeah, man, this journey has literally been everything. It's, it's so significant, and like at the start when you were saying about how dramatic we might be sounding with how significant it is it's it's just as big as i think we're making out to be because you know as you mentioned clock he's been in charge of liverpool you look at eight nine years it's a big chunk of our lives can all remember where we, what we were doing when we found out he was going to be our manager and the difference in our lives now you know how we view football you know being able to enjoy football each and every week you know i think for example 17 18 season i was starting university myself and for my entire three years in uni winning every single week enjoying it every single time expecting to win you know and it's not something that we we were used to like he brought real winners mentality to the club just built over time you know and, and it wasn't always smooth or easy as well but I think mm -hmm. that just makes the the journey older the, the sweeter and yeah when when I found that he was he was leaving honestly he was uh, I was shell-shocked I was I couldn't believe it I was I just didn't want to believe, I didn't want to accept it, in fact. But when you get the reasoning behind it, I think it was to be expected, you know, a bit. Like, I think it's low-key see it coming because last season, like Naomi said, you could see maybe why he would leave at the end of that season. But I think maybe he would have left and he kind of alluded to say that he did kind of consider leaving. But I think he just didn't want to leave our squad in the state it was in before he left. I think he wanted to sort us out before... Um, he left and you know make sure we we're in a good position and i think as you said in his interview part of him was still gonna kind of see it after next season to make sure that these guys were still in a good position before he left but i think he said because the team looked so good um so much promise so much excitement there that he he feels like it's time that he can say his job is done and kind of go off into the sunset kind of thing you know and i, I think it's mm. it's fair enough you know he's done absolutely everything he promised to do at the club and he's you know brought so much joy into watching our team into watching football you know he's he's, he's given us absolutely everything you could ask for from our from a manager standpoint and yeah you know he he, he earned the right to call it time whenever he wants to you know and and the thing yeah. is with with Klopp at the end of the day we, we don't want it you didn't want it to end with it sour you didn't want it to end with him being fearful everyone wanting him out or being polarized you know he left at the perfect time for him and we might not feel it but the perfect time for anyone to leave is when you might still have a bit more to give or people still, ex still expect things from you you know what i mean so that's he's he's played a master straight there you know he's done things just as he's done his whole liverpool career you know he's done it with complete class and yeah i think as much as it's, we have to get over it it's just sad but i think he's done the right thing because he knows that next season you know he might not have had the energy to be fully committed into the full job and then we might have seen another season like last season so he's really you know i think he's really thinking about the club it's not a selfish decision and i've seen managers in the past always respect to them um and maybe thought about themselves a bit too much in a decision like this and that's kept them in the club too long um but yeah he's left that i think it's the right time to be fair and we're just gonna have to try and think of life beyond him as well yeah, certain managers who um, lost 5-1 to Stoke on last games of the seasons and then sacrificed their best friend like the Soul Stone in, um, <laughs> in the Avengers film come to mind. Um, at, least, at least at least, this manager has some form of shame. But it's, yeah. it's interesting you said that, though. Like, obviously, the journey he's gone through with the players, a lot of them throughout kind of obviously this tenure, you know, Salah, Virgil, Allison, and Trent probably being the main one. 
the, the funny thing to me is I look at him with this current group of players now and I feel like this is the, the best group he feels like he's got an emotional attachment to. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think it's... it's I mean, he obviously recently, in recent years since Edwards left, which we probably might speak about later, but he obviously Klopp and Lind has obviously been given a bit more control in terms of the team mm-hmm. players that come in. Uh, and you can see like he he really enjoys the new, the new guys that he's got on board and he, he likes working with them as well. But I think that's also part of his decision. I think his plan was he wanted to leave Liverpool where the next person can get their best years, you know, and be able to develop yeah. them. He doesn't want that to be a point where he's leaving it in a Sir Alex Ferguson position where all the best players <laughs> are at their end and the new players are too young and then you just got to do a whole rebuild. I think he put us in a really good position that the next guy, if we get the appointment right, has a squad that he might not even need to make too many changes to really, you know. So, yeah, he's... I, I really appreciate what he's done in that case and it's sad because he i would love to see what he could do with these guys we all kind of said in previous pods the next season might be the one where we go all for it but it looks like it's fast track to this season man because that's the only chance <laughs> Klopp's gonna get to really work with him in it it is man and you know you see his dna kind of imprinted all over the club um from you know the, the, the literally the the AXA training centre will it, it, it is known as the house that Klopp and Edwards built, basically, when you think about it. Um, the new stand, the, um, both the Anfield, Anfield Road end and obviously the, 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 the main main stand, just the evolution. And that's the funny thing that's getting me. The evolution of the ground also matches the evolution of the club, kind of getting back to being what it should be, that superpower. Um, and I think the, the big thing for me as well is it's reflected in the, the players that we've actually produced as a club too. Um, especially this season, you know, Kwanzaa, Bradley, um, you, you know, even guys like Tyler Morton out on loan, you see McConnell, um, Curtis Jones, like all these guys have like really matured and, you know, they've, they've kind of come to, they're, they're Klopp's kids at the end of the day because they've gone through that academy setup that has had his development and his kind of like DNA all over it. So uh, it's just, it, it is, it is sad to see him go. Um, but Julian, I'll, I'll come, to, come to you. Um, obviously, Manny's talks about accelerated timelines. <clears throat> of course, we're, you know we're, we're in we're in contention for four trophies still this season, which again sounds absolutely insane. Do you think this will spur the players on now to kind of reach their lofty expectations for this season? Uh, definitely. Um, I think this will be an added an added. Um, can't find the right words. An added incentive in terms of they would, of course, want to end um, the season on the high because Klopp is leaving. But I think even in the position that we're in, I think they're the type of guys to even put that kind of pressure on themselves and yeah. and kind of be like, okay, we're first, we're a good team, and it's not like um, this season we've been a team where we've been winning games and it's like, oh, how are they winning games? And they should have lost those games. And maybe we may have had like one or two, but you. Um, I think that's overstated in 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 terms of um, assessing our whole season. So these players might think, yeah, like even before this happened, um, that we have a real chance, and this would definitely be an added an added um, incentive now because they're definitely going to want to make Anfield a fortress in Klopp's last couple of games. I think they definitely want to make um, their first Premier League game, um, which is coming up, which is up against Chelsea um, at Anfield, um, a big game. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, um, even things like Europe, the Europa League, they they would all, all players involved would want to try their hardest for that. I think they, they're putting themselves in a good. We put ourselves in a good position to actually give Klopp a good sending off, and I think we've got the right mentality of players. 
to be like, yeah, they, they would want to go for it regardless. Yeah, one hundred percent. I mean, that's <clears> one thing about about this group. It's a group that knows what needs to be done. They all seem really composed. They're all singing off the same hymn sheet, which is important. Um, obviously, you see Kanate kind of come out today with the comments that he said. Um, Curtis Jones at the weekend again as well. So real big maturity in kind of how he's composed himself this season. And I think it's all really showcased in the in, in the win against Norwich. Really, I mean, it's five two in the end, but going with a really strong side. That group really had a mentality of look, let's just absolutely batter these and just showcase what we can do. No, definitely, definitely. And we should even from the young players, as we said, the what 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 the act the laxa that um some people are dubbing it, the our 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 development um facilities, like even that, like the players that are coming through in 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 these kind of games, they're actually coming on to win games. And I just love it, man. Like they were coming on, trying to prove themselves, trying to get more goals, not coming on and playing it safe. Like it was, it was, it was amazing to see. It was amazing. And I, I, again, that mentality is steep through the club. Now it, we've got a winning mentality from the people that are just starting the games to the people that have been starting games for over God knows how many years with Jurgen Klopp now. So it's exciting, man. It's exciting. And I think we'll, I think we will do Klopp justice at the end of the season. Fingers crossed, man. Um, do we doing some justice at the end of the season? Obviously, we got we have got a big week. I think this is going to be a, a very telling week of where the league season will go, um, especially into the was it fifth round of the FA Cup now. Um, obviously, we've got the Carabao Cup final uh, towards the end of Feb, so there is the, 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 there's big chances there to put silverware in the cabinet and just keep the keep the history and the culture kind of kind of going. Really, when he does leave the club. Um, just, just thinking about you know, I don't know if we want to talk about potential managerial options at this point, but Luton are currently beating Brighton now four nil. So um, yeah, keep the the guy that uses the um, one pound the pound shop hair gel away from my football club would be the main thing at the moment. Um, <laughs> That's all good. Obviously, as this has come out, it's, it's it's been no secret that Liverpool have been after a director of football for a while now. Actually. It, it was the day of announcements, wasn't it, really? I mean, Jesus Christ, there was three of them, three official statements. Obviously, the backroom staff are leaving too. Victor Matos and Pep Linders, are, they're going to go and kind of toil their trade and become full-time managers in their own right. And I think they'll do... I think, I think Linders, especially now that he's kind of had that time back to kind of redevelop and refine himself, I think he'll go out there and do a really good job. Uh, Matos, I think, you know, if he kind of goes back to, to, to Portugal, I think he'll be fine too. But um, obviously, York, York Schmacker's leaving. Uh, we're in the hunt for a new director of football, and that will really shape the the next phase of this uh, of this kind of Liverpool journey, really, that we're all going to kind of undertake. So, Naomi, I'll, I'll kind of come back to you. Obviously, we know whatever happens with the next manager is going to be a really vital step, especially in terms of them being able to utilise the tools that they will currently have to them with this set of really great players. But for for you, in particular, how Im- how important is us nailing this new director of football going to be? Well, we've been spoiled having Michael Edwards, and he's worked he worked fantastically on the budget. And I think with the budget we have, we do need a spectacular sporting director to come in because it's not going to be hard, not going to be easy. Sorry, finding the talent with the money we have available, and that's FSG have very much made that clear. They're not as rich as other clubs and they don't willing to plan on changing that. So we need someone who 
is quite prolific on working on a budget, um, mm -hmm. which is why I'm a big fan of the rumoured Tim Steiden. I want to pronounce it like that. I'm really sorry to all Germans listening if I pronounced it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, I'm really big fan of him because when he was at Bayer Leverkusen, he did an amazing job there. Huge coup by West Ham. I think that wasn't spoken enough at the time. Mm -hmm. I remember them getting him being like, oh my gosh, like how has everyone just let him go on the radar and allowed West Ham to get him? No disrespect to West Ham. And the signings he's made there have been spectacular. I think his signings are the reason why David Moyes is doing what he's doing. I think David Moyes doesn't have the facilities to have, you know, to or has the eye to have the talents he has available to him. So that's a credit to their sporting director. And I think he's absolutely gotten them some gems. He's got... I'm pretty sure he got them Paqueta. He got yep. them Fudus. He got yep. them... Um, he, they're signed... Oh, my gosh, there's someone else. They're linked to Boniface. They're linked to Boniface as well. See, all these players coming in, it's like, where have they come from? And that's all down to him. So, And West Ham don't have the biggest budget either, and that needs to be also in everyone's mind. So I think he will be perfect. And if it's to say we are linked with a certain Bayer Leverkusen manager now... <laughs> it'll be a match made in heaven you know so we'll, I know we'll get to that bit so um yeah but I think it's very important um to get a very good sporting director because um yeah it's proven in other clubs the downfall of it for example United they have the lack of and look at where they are and we've had the um fortunate on circumstances of having someone like Michael Edwards who's been amazing for us so it's shown that is very prolific if you want to succeed as a club yeah, I mean, they got a guard as well from Ren. I think I think they paid a lot of money for him, but he he's a really good centre back. Got Ariola from PSG, again, even Emerson Palmieri from Chelsea. That that that's a pretty good transfer considering how well he's yeah. been playing for them. Um, so he, he's he's done some really good business. And again, you just look at what he's done at Bayer Leverkusen. Want to double back to the point you said about Michael Edwards and the budget? I obviously was reported by uh, I think it was Romano first, and then Ornstein that. Yeah. Liverpool were obviously in contact with Michael Edwards to be like, do you want to come back? Considering <laughs> you have beef with the manager and the manager's no longer going to be here. Um, you can kind of come back and make sure the house that you built is going to still be standing, really, and doesn't have black mould. Um, do you think that may have played a part in why he might not want to come back? The whole Klopp leaving? Uh, the budget aspect of the things. budget. Oh, that's a good question. I would not be surprised because he did miracles. And imagine being a sporting director and they're telling you, I feel like with a certain budget, you can't, what's it called, showcase your work more, if that makes sense. You're mm. quite limited, if that makes sense. I think he's capable of doing so much more. But again, he has such a tiny budget. And with a tiny budget comes a smaller portfolio to work around to get into the club. Um, so that could have played a big role, actually. I didn't think of that. That's a very good point. But at the same time, maybe he just wants to try. This is a good opportunity for, for him to try new pastures. Sometimes people mm -hmm. see uh, like going back is a step backwards for them. So maybe he just feels that that chapter is closed. You know, let's go someone else, somewhere else. Personally, as much as I love Michael Edwards, I think we're entering a new era. And I think we need to leave that era behind and now find someone else. I think them going back to Michael Edwards would be quite lazy because it kind of shows that they don't want to put in the work and therefore that kind of puts red marks, red flag, sorry, over it's, okay, are they going to be lazy when it comes to appointing our new manager? And I don't think we can afford to do that because, you know, it's going to be a very, very, very hard um, shoes to fill with someone like Jurgen Klopp. So I really want them to take this seriously. I want them to do their work. 
I know they've got this like PhD Harvard nerd in the background doing Will. I think his name's Will Spearman, something like that. Young Sheldon, man. Yeah, Will, yeah. yeah. Young Sheldon, <laughs> Will Spearman, same thing. <laughs> he's like amazing. He's collecting all the data. So no pressure on him. It seems like the club, the future is in his hands. No pressure, Will, if you're listening to this somehow. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so hopefully um, FSG come through. And I, do you know what? I think it's good FSG needs to finally like work and, you know, they need to, I think we, um, Klopp has been covering their asses for way too long. And I think now is the time for them to work and prove that they are capable of taking us forward as a club. Because if not, it can go terribly wrong for them. And, you know, they could be the next ones out. I know one man who's currently on mute, who's probably clapping in the background saying that, Julian. Um... <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no beef. You know what? I won't lie, yeah. And this is going to sound... Uh... This is going to sound very much on the 180 from the guy that was beefing the company men um, a couple of years ago. But I was very moved by Billy Hogan, man. Like, um, the way... And you can honestly tell that Klopp is the golden goose of FSG. He literally, yeah. he literally like, took their investment for, what, $100 million, $100 million investment and made them into a billion-dollar club. Like... They must be looking at this guy like, wow, you really, really changed our lives. Like, you're put, literally putting food on the table for us. <laughs> so, like, I, I was pretty moved by the way um, Billy Hogan, I can't believe I'm actually saying his name because that was the first time I've ever seen him or heard him speak, um, <laughs> was saying, oh, not only have I lost, like, a, 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 a colleague, I've lost a friend. And it's like, rah, like, you can just imagine some of the, the end of the season parties that Klopp was thrown when he won the Champions League or Premier League because... Yeah, man, it was, he was, FSG, man, can't lie. One thing I will give them is that when it came to managerial appointments, even with the bum from Northern Ireland and Brendan Rodgers, when they appointed, when it comes to managerial appointments, they're quite swift. They're quite, <laughs> they're quite, they're quite, um, they're, they're quite formal. They, they get things done pretty, pretty well when it comes to managers from what I've seen so far. So I'm going to give them the grace with that. And, but in terms of director of football, I'm just so unaware. I have no clue. Um, Naomi and Manny will know more than me because I don't keep my ears to the streets like that because I'll keep my ears to the pitch and my eyes on the pitch as well. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Julian the Tactico. Good bars there, you know, Jesus. Um, Manny, <laughs> Manny, I'll come to you. Um, you know, we've been, we've been kind of on this model if you want to call it that, for like the past, um, how long we've been kind of operating like this for a while now. Um, but obviously, we, we know that you know, in certain certain cases, money's there to, to, to spend on players. You don't just pull a hundred million pounds out of nowhere to bid on Moise Caicedo. Mm. Little little things like that. Yeah. Would you like to see us move to a newer model? Um, in particular, so you know, we, we kind of always look at different clubs, see how they operate. You know, I, I like the 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 Red Bull, the Red Bull model, uh, being one of them. Mm. They, you know, they got they, they buy a lot of these kind of like gem players, and they obviously evolve them over time. They do sell them on for profit, but that's just their model. I like the part where you keep the players, and then you just kind of have a really good group. Um, or would you like, like to see, you know, let's take a bit more risk and you know, kind of keep the same model that we've got in terms of buying those core players, but by the odd seven, ten, fifteen million pound midfielder defender from South America, like like Brighton do. So, is there any kind of like team or kind of organisation that you see in football that you think, I'd like a bit of that for my next director of football? 
Yeah, it's interesting. Um, to be fair, what what I can say about what I just want from the next um director of football is, you know, just to be adaptable in the market, you know, you know, be adaptable to different situations, what the team needs, injuries that happen, you know, mid season and start of the season. I feel like um our transfers at the moment in this current regime have been very rigid and obviously in, in certain points quite stubborn, you know. And I think that also came came from the manager as well. So it's going to be interesting to see once Klopp leaves, what, how much he influenced certain things that we did, you know, because I think a lot of, although there's a lot of negatives that come with Klopp leaving, um, some things that are going to change, for example, is how many players the manager likes to work with in the squad, for example. Some managers might want a few more players. Some managers might want a few more competitions um, for places, for example. So that whole dynamic can change uh, and yeah, I think in terms of what we should be going for is um off the top of my head, I can't think of um exactly who who replicates it, but I think it's very similar to what we have now in terms of those players hungry, young, ready to kind of enter their prime years. But where needs must, I think you should also be ready to every now and then pull the trigger on a on a marquee signing or someone or player that's really performing at the top of their game. You know, you should be able to be in the mix for such players. But I've never really been the one to get really too down about us not signing, for example, maybe like Mbappe or being in a race for Haaland, for example. I'm not really too fussed by that personally because I feel that there's plenty of good players out there. And sometimes it's just the combination of right player meets right coach, right time and, you know, the tactics suit and then they become a wonder. So it's not necessary that you're always having to spend the big money to make a quality team. Um, so I think that just the important bit is get a sporting director who's going to follow the trajectory of our team. I think the one of the big things Klopp's done for us in this eight, nine years is that he's given us clear identity as a club, which means that whoever comes in next, they know is either they tear up the blueprint, which would be stupid, and I'm sure they wouldn't do that, or they try and just feed into what's already been built. And I think that's what they probably should do. So then they should go for players of high energy, young players, hungry players. Um, that should be the aim still. Um, but then also be a bit adaptable to whatever the new manager wants um, or, or players that are doing well at their time. And yeah, take a few more risks. One one, one thing that, um, that Klopp definitely made me think about a lot more in terms of his management style um, when he announced that he was leaving was how much F, like how much work he put in even in terms of it may not be in terms of the negotiation size and the transfer size but in terms of picking players for example being like the right character the right personality for the club and mm -hmm. that may be something that we may lose and it may may become a benefit or it may be to our detriment that we may go for someone purely based on their footballing ability now because that was one thing that probably was holding some transfers from coming through. Like, for example, Mike Edwards or the director of football, Julian Ward, may come and be like, listen, I, um, we think you should get this player. Klopp does his research and may be like, hmm, this player won't really fit the profile, this, that, the other. He may ask for too much money, he may upset the balance, blah, 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 blah. But with this director of football and also with whoever the manager will be, maybe there'll be less of an emotional attachment to the way we do transfers and the way we do business. And over the years, you've kind of seen that FSG, as much as as much as they are as as stingy as they can be, they can spend money. 
Like we did that the money that we spent on Nunes isn't isn't small boy money, isn't money to be scoffed at. The money that yeah, we was yeah. planning to spend on Moises Sacedo, we wasn't gonna get a bank loan to to get it. We was literally ready to pay that, pay that hundred million. So there's clearly money to be spent. And that's probably one thing that Klopp didn't take advantage. No, I wouldn't say today didn't take advantage of, but he, he it wasn't a, a main factor for him. It was more about the player, the profile, the kind of person that they are, and credit to him because you can kind of see the the you can kind of see um the fruits of that bearing with the players that we have even with Kanate speaking so um kindly of like how he got, he had so many options on the table which included Real Madrid but after speaking to Klopp he made the decision to come here and we've got a a, a top 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 centre back um from that from Klopp being able to intervene like that so yeah it's it's going to be interesting to see how we operate but a uh, director of football and 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 a manager in the same summer is a double whammy and oof, we'll have mm -hmm. to see. We will have to see. Uh, obviously, we'll be covering it in, in more detail uh, in the coming weeks and months. Um, yeah, it's get all, all going to come quicker than we think, really. Um, so, yeah, uh, again, patreon.com forward slash copper and fracas and, of course, on the main pod too. We'll be covering that. Um, is there any players in the current setup that you think might be at risk? Under a new regime, I think but only the young players. You think? Yeah, yeah. Only because, like, not so much as I would really want them to. I feel like it would be in any new manager's best interest to look at the core players, the older players, and straight away get them on side. I feel like that's always a sensible thing to do at any club, especially one that's one things like Liverpool. Um, I feel like um the up and coming players are players that are your assets, you know, and are. Are players that you're going to want to work with um i don't i feel like they're going to try and go for a manager that has similar aggressive gergen pressing style so obviously a lot of the players are already suited to that um i think the only thing that i worry for um is just that you know klopp was really really big on the youngsters at liverpool for example and i think he was really fond of them in particular himself so Obviously, when new managers come in, see, they all have different interpretations, different eyes. You know, they might not rate the same players as as the old manager did, you know, and it's, it's natural. It happens, you know. So I feel like maybe a few more players might go out on loan. Um, I don't know, for example, what happens to our... Uh, he's, he's coming in like a, like a Kwanzaa, for example. Like, I'd like to hope he would still stay part of the first team and still get the minutes, but... Um, who knows what the new manager might want to do in that situation? Your Bradleys, um, I think that's up in the air personally. But I personally hope they all um stay around the first team and you know continue to develop like they have been. Yeah, no, I think that I think that's a fair shout. Do anyone from the first team setup you think could be not 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 a risk, but you know they were brought in either this summer for a specific reason or you know they were brought into play in a cop system that you know under a new manager it might not might not be that way i think i i, I think salah you know um i don't think because of his ability and it's not in danger i would say i would just think that with the nature of the club that liverpool are we are a club that loves to sell for profit and they're going to weigh up okay we can uh, we can either sell you now with um, with Klopp leaving as well and kind of start this new era at Liverpool with whoever the manager wants to make his superstar signing with um, a lot more money in the bank. And you can 
just go off to Saudi or wherever you want um, just to mm. live the life of a king. So he's the only one I can think of that's in danger because I think everyone else, if we're if if we're gonna be if we're gonna be realistic, um, we're a team where I don't think we'll get a manager that's gonna think right. I'm gonna come in and I'm just gonna start scrapping up plans. I think we'll actually give it a good college try next year, next season with the same core players, unless someone wants to actively leave and puts in a transfer request. And um, I think the manager will use these players because they, they are quality especially if we go on to win the league this that's a league winning team um so yeah i think Salah's the only one i can think and that's purely because we we're in we're, we'll probably be in the mood to cash in cash in on them oh interesting yeah I'm, i was thinking gravenberg you know that's that's the only one i was kind of thinking of just because no nope. obviously he, I, I mean i wouldn't get rid of him i think he's i think he's a gem but you know, he's already gone through a lot of t- turmoil, kind of managerial wise. Coming into a new setup to, to kind of come and play under Klopp, new manager comes in. You're thinking, yeah, maybe not. But I mean, I, I I think he'll be fine. But it'll be one of those ones where it might not shock me if he fell out of favour. <laughs> We've got to give him time. I feel like yeah, definitely player in there, and I think. Um, yeah, I think we need to give him time. Like, I really believe in him because, like, when he joined in those first few games he played, I thought he was, like, amazing for us and then he just fell mm-hmm. off. So, there, like, I've seen enough to know there's a player in there. I just think, like I said, he just needs time and he needs to go to the gym. He needs to bulk up. So, <laughs> the issue for me is his physicality. Like, he's he gets shoved too easily for someone that's six foot three or maybe six foot two. Um, and that's a concern. So, especially in a, a physical league like the Premier League. So, I just think he, he needs to be put on a gym regime and he'll be fine. Fair. Very fair. Um, but, yeah, no, again, inter- it's going to be interesting times um, when these dis- dis- discussions come up. Obviously, players kind of run into the last 18 months of their deal. Will they re- reevaluate their future? Who's going to be the priorities under the new manager? First and foremost, I guess who who is the club going to dictate that they need to build around and stuff like that. So, a lot of things that we're going to have to focus on, um, possibly unnecessarily so. But you know, here we are, and we're going to have to talk about it. Um, obviously, we played we played we played a game of football at the weekend. <laughs> in addition to all this, we beat Norwich five two in the FA Cup. Comprehensive victory all around. Um, Manny, I'll kind of I'll kind of come with you. Um, from the get-go, you could tell that we were in control of this game. Um, what was the thing that stood out most to you throughout the 90 minutes? Because for me, I think it was just how in tune that front three is becoming. Um, it, it was a big, big thing you know, that we talked about with Salah going. He was accounting for 50% of the team's goals, all these different variables. But you look at Nunes and more importantly, you look at Diogo Jota and how he's been mm. performing in the past kind of few weeks. Just how impressed have you been with this front three? Yeah, man, massively impressed. And I think, obviously, everyone looked at them to step up when Salah left. You know, everyone kind of had a little panic, or most people did anyway, about how the goals were going to come in. But obviously, they've pulled it together, all of them, you know, to get the goals, create for each other, make runs for each other. And yeah, they're looking a lot more in sync now. I think Jot has been a really big reason for that as well. I think just the way he's just a complete forward, really, just getting involved all over the attacking third. 
link up play, assist, goals. I think that he's been fantastic since Salah's gone. And Nunes is looking really good right now. You know, he's kind of entering another one of his purple patches. You know, obviously, we like to hope that his purple patches become more consistent, but kind of looks like he's entering into another kind of goal scoring run, you know, and it's come at a really good time because I can forgive Nunes, you know, for all, the, all, of, all of his nonsense this season. If he comes and he's reliable for that stretch where Salah's gone, I think that's. I really that's kudos to him to be fair because that's at least one period where you needed him to really buck up and he's he's looking good at the moment so good on him um being able to rotate between Diaz and Gakpo um obviously Gakpo was in amazing against Norwich obviously he's had better games but um I still I'm still a fan of Gakpo I think he's it's been tough for him because he doesn't always get to play in his favorite position which is the left wing um that's the probably one of the few times he's played there um but he still you can see the quality that he can bring to the team as well so I don't think we're gonna we don't we won't struggle for goals I think our whole team from an attacking standpoint just looks incredibly sharp right now uh I'm really excited and to think that Salah can even come back into this team um is 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 mad to think so yeah things are looking really positive and yeah I think it's I almost kind of expect it, you know, when siege mentality comes and, you know, people don't expect things, you know, people think we'll struggle without Salah. I'm sure Klopp's probably playing and 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 saying this to the guys, you know, and telling them to prove everyone wrong, you know. So it seems like they're playing with extra motivation right now, which can only be good. 100%. The guy, yeah, they've, they've already had the battery in their back, but I think there's a little bit more emphasis for them now to obviously perform. The funny thing is, they're still going to have to do it without Salah for the next two weeks, it seems, obviously, with, with the with the hamstring injury and stuff like that. So it's good to see them all kind of clicking on, on, on all cylinders. Like we said, Jota kind of gone up another level, um, not just in his goal scoring, but I think he's all around players, just generally improved. The, intercha- the interchangeability between him and Nunes, by the way, in the past few games, it's been beautiful to see. Love to see it. Uh, Darwin seems to have stopped eating crayons and looks like he's <laughs> become a bit more tactically adept, which is nice. Um, and, and Luis Diaz is looking like, is kind of gone back to look like the footballer he was when we first signed. So it's all positive stuff. Um, but talk about the attack and the fact that we scored five goals. It was weirdly a defender for me, uh, and not the defender that you all think that you'd all think it would be, uh, who stood out the most. Uh, Julian, I'll come to you. Connor Bradley, he stepped up, man. Uh, obviously, the Trent injury. Um, we were all kind of, you know, in a bit of peril about what we we're going to do there. But up steps, a, up steps a young lad from the academy, um, and it's like we haven't even missed him. Yeah, no, he's 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 good, man. Like he obviously does look like the same Melwood regions, you know what I mean? The same with the same trim, the same look, same unnourished <laughs> face. But no, nah, man, he actually he's a gem. He's actually he looks he looks really really good. What I like about him is that he's quite intense with his play, and. He's very he's he's so unbothered and unfazed by by the opposition, and it might be because of course it's Norwich and the FA Cup game, and the game before that was Arsenal. Wait, did he play against Arsenal? Sorry, he played against my brain's going funny. Fulham, yeah, yeah, Fulham, yeah, and it, and he looks so brave, and I think that's just that's just again the mentality of the club seeping through. He's kind of yeah, as you said, Klopp's kid. He's come through in the academy. Um, with the same with the same mentality that we've had for the last couple of years, and he knows and he knows what it looks like to win, and he's been around that, and you can kind of tell by the way he plays. He's he, he's got good technique on him. He's got a nice cross. He's quite in, he's very intense with the way he um with the way he's able to track back and defend. I like him, man. I like him. I really really like him. Um, 
I, I'm I'm hoping next season he's able to play back up for Trent because as much as I love Gomez, man, there's Gomez as well. But damn, yeah, we've got we've got defenders in our team. But I will I would like him to see I would like to see him get a chance, man. Even if he goes out on loan, I would like to see it. Mm. No, definitely. I mean, we were talking about, you know, oh, what if Trent moved? Again, it, it still might be a bit premature to say all this. It's, it's only a, a, a small sample size, but I think when you impress the way he's impressed, it, it, it's hard to not get carried away. But we you know we were talking about, oh, you know, if Trent moves into midfield full time, going to have to buy a right back and stuff like that. But you wouldn't feel bad about him, you know, starting a game at right back. So it, it's, it's just one of those nice things to see. Um, sure. Gomez. Week in, week out, man. We're talking about Joe Gomez in the most positive of lights, which is again, I think if we, you know, rewind the pods to this time last year, it wouldn't be so favourable. Um, which is again, I feel like I'm fed up of saying it to be fair. It's a, t- it's a testament to his mentality week in, week out. He's recovered and become a very good footballer, blah, 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 blah. Let, I want to talk hey, about the line, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> no, man. I like. You know what it is at this point now with Gomez? It's more the actual evolution of him as a footballer than anything. Like the one thing, the one thing that actually did piss me off. The crowd was shouting "shoot" every time he got on the ball. Yeah, I don't know. yeah. No, nah, that's not helping. He's he's shots are getting more and more on target, which which helps. But no, everyone shouting "shoot" is not helping. It's more of these like actual technique and. Just little bits and elements of his game, like his positioning's improved so much from just playing out on the over on the left than he normally would have at centre back. He's actually his ability to switch a ball has improved because he has been able to play centre back and you know in the way that we build up. It's just like little elements like that. Manny, talk to me about how impressed you've been with with, with Gomez in this run that he's been in the first team, and do you actually see Robbo getting the start over him? More importantly. Yeah, mad is well. First of all, Joe <laughs> Gomez. I think this is the best football he's playing in his entire Liverpool career, hands down. I think uh, uh, before this, I can think of um the uh, opening stages of the eighteen nineteen season where he was playing centre back. He looked like a Rolls Royce them days. But this period right now, this guy's showing just complete footballing ability, comfortable on the ball, positionally aware, being able to run with it. Yeah, he's he's been fantastic, you know, and it's so good to see because always want to see Gomez do well because he just seems like the kind of guy that just gets his head down and, you know, just wants to do well for himself and the team. So guys like that, you want to see win as well. So, yeah, no, I'm so, so impressed with how he's, he's, he's showing himself at the moment. And I think even teams are starting to see, like from the outside as well, that he's in really good form at the minute for us. So it's actually going to be tough for Robertson to get back in the team. I think actually... From what I saw of Robertson coming on against um, Norwich, obviously it's going to take some time for Robertson to get up to speed and whatnot. So I think it's probably in our best interest not to rush him back per se. Um, Gomez is doing really, really well there. Um, considering who would have thought, like if I told you start of the season that we we're going to lose both of our left backs and um, Gomez was going to have to cover our left back for this amount of time, I think very not many people, if any, would have been comfortable with it. And he's just locked up that left-hand side, you know, and then people are coming back. He goes to right-back just as good as he was at left-back. And it's really, really underrated what he's doing right now, you know. So I'm absolutely chuffed for him. Um, Hasn't had any real injuries, touch wood, this season. 
So he's been reliable and he's been quality, you know. So this is kind of like close to being uh, one of his best seasons for us, if not the best season for us. So long may it continue. Naomi, anything you, you want to say about Joe Gomez? Hey, Joe Gomez appreciation mm -hmm. moment. I feel like Manny has said everything. He's just been an absolute revelation this season. And it's so funny, um, you guys mentioned something about um, we've just got so many defenders. It's so ironic because one of the positions we did say we need, we were short of, was defenders at the beginning of the season. We said we needed midfielders and defenders. So, so to think that we don't need that is a testament to the youngsters that have come up and Joe Gomez is a huge testament to them. The fact we're even in the position to say that Robertson has to fight for his place is just obscene. Like I never thought that would be a situation we would ever find ourselves in again, testament to the boy Joe Gomez. And what would just wrap up this perfect season would just be him getting that goal in a scenario where it's the winner and wraps it up, you know, and then somehow maybe that goal wins us the league. Who knows? It would just be too poetic. I feel like the script writers need to get writing and, you know, <laughs> make it happen. <laughs> but, yeah, what a player, what a guy. And, yeah, I'm over the moon for him. Julian, on a scale of 1 to 10, if he, if Joe Gomez was having a Vincent Company moment, um, how would you react? <laughs> I don't think I can be honest on the pod. <laughs> 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 well what um, I will say is um parts of my body will be shown on the street. Patreon.com forward slash coffee Well no, honestly, it, it 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 would I think it would be very poetic in terms of Joe Gomez is Klopp's longest serving player now um, yeah. at the club. So if he was to get a goal somehow um, um, in his last, in Klopp's last season, I think Klopp, I think Klopp will genuinely be up. I think generally there's going to be Klopp, Klopp will genuinely feel like, damn, like, you know, Champions League, Premier League, FA Cups, this, that, the other, like 98 points. But Joe Gomez never got a goal. I can imagine <laughs> him, I can, I can literally yeah, imagine I him saying that in the future. And I, I want that to happen, not only for Gomez, but for, for Klopp as well, because... Mm. Yeah, man. I think that's just literally the last thing that Klopp needs to tick off. Because <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, it's funny because um, on that Go Joe Gomez interview, Joe Gomez was like, he was even talking about like, he'll give my wife money if I score. And I was like, wow, it's that bad. So for his sake, his wife's sake, Klopp's sake, get a goal, man. Like, get a goal and become Gomez. It would be absolute scenes, wouldn't it? I, I can imagine him like running on the pitch like he did when um, Origi scored against Everton. It, it, it would be of that ilk in terms of celebrations from from Klopp. Um, it, it it feels like it's going to happen at some point, doesn't it? I mean, uh, we, obviously, we're playing Chelsea um, tomorrow as we're recording tonight. Has uh, tonight as you're listening? Any chance you reckon it could be there? If you were to, if you were, if someone was to give you ten pound and you were going to put it on Joe Gomez to score any time, would you feel comfortable about doing that first and foremost? Well, all I know is that it's it is coming soon, isn't it? It's, it's one of them ones like you can just see, like he's taking at least two shots a game right now. I'm just deep in it. Like I, I, just, I don't think I've seen a defender shoot as often as him or a centre back anyway, naturally as often as he is right now. But it's usually cut, cutting in off the left. And trying to whip it and kind of take long shots at the moment. I don't think he's 
physically imposing in the air enough to be a real threat from set pieces. Mm -hmm. So I think his best bet is for the ball to come out of the box and him to just smash it in, which it looks like he's been practicing now because he's had too many of those efforts and they're not actually awful. Like they're fairly close, some of them. So he just needs one of them just to kind of maybe be blindside the keeper and deflect in or something like that. He just needs some luck to go on his side. But um, I, I wouldn't put my bottom dollar on it against Chelsea being that way. <laughs> fair um the funny thing about it is though i remember seeing like some of the training videos from before and obviously all practicing like just just free kicks and just shots from the edge of the box i've got a shot in him that's that's the funny thing so mm. he doesn't really get to show it to you often do you know what i mean it's just it's a shame with them defenders like i remember like it's like um slightly different but like van dyke you know like in the first game of the season i see when he he got the chance and he whipped it almost went top bins and everyone was shocked, like, geez, imagine that went in. I'm thinking, like, Van Dijk scored that in his lucky, you know, but it's very really rare you get to see him in an opportunity where he's edged the box with time to shoot, do you know what I mean? So <laughs> it's just opportunity arising. Exactly, man. We forget that he was on free kicks at Chelsea. Not Chelsea. He was on free kicks at Celtic at Southampton um, at one point. Oh, that was Jeez, that was almost 10 years ago now. Good God. Um... Obviously, Chelsea, it's going to be a test, always is, uh, considering every single, I think, what is it, the last eight, seven games we've played against each other have been draws. Um, hopefully, it's not a draw tomorrow night, considering we're in a race for a title. Um, Naomi, what lineup would you would you kind of start for, for, this, for this fixture? Obviously, uh, Alexis McAllister's back. Um, Trent's back. Thiago. Uh, Think he's back. He got thirty. Yeah, thirty Trent minutes. The oh, he got thirty yeah, minutes. Yeah, okay, Trent's yeah. back. Okay. So Trent's back. So Barcelona's back, which I think. Oh, okay. He looked, he looked very good at the weekend. He did look good. He did. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he needed that rest. Um, mm. You know, when you're that handsome, I think you need you know at least two weeks off. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, I don't know if a pause is necessary there, but I'll just do it anyway. Pause. Um, <laughs> what lineup would you go for for this game? So I'd go obviously Alisson back. The centre-backs, Kanate and Van Dijk. On your right, I'll go Trent Alexander-Arnold. I think you have to. On your left, you go Joe Gomez. In the centre of the park, I'll go McAllister as the six. If he's back. Is McAllister back? Was he progressing? Yeah, okay. McAllister yeah. as the six. Then I'll go Soberslight and Jones. And up top, I will go Nunes. Mm, I'll go Nunes on the left, Jota through the middle, and then Diaz on, no, Diaz on the right. Whichever one, swap, you know. But Jota through the middle. I'll go Jota through the middle. And I think Nunes is better out wide for me, personally. Mm -hmm. he's, um, looked, he, yeah. he's looked a lot better on the, on the, on the left-hand side, I have to be said. Yeah. Because, that, again, he's, he's been getting better, better positions. That interchangeability has just been, been looking really good. Um, I think, do, do we all agree, Lionel? I think that's the, that's the best one at the moment. Yeah, I, I would agree. I think the only thing I would, in terms of being in two minds about would be sometimes Nunes actually to be fair yeah starting Nunes on the left would be the good shout but then it's always nice to have that option of changing Nunes down the middle and then Jota on the left depending on how the game goes uh, I think it's always nice to have that alternative as well uh, I think the back four and uh, midfield three um, pick themselves that's our strongest midfield at the moment um, so so yeah I think it's just nice to have those 11 players and then you can obviously interchange them how you wish also nice they have some subs to have off the bench again um considering i mean the, the kids have done really well but you know i like having my harvey elliott first sub kind of like in the back pocket there um so that's going to be quite nice um julian julian i'll come to you um 
weird season for Chelsea, all things considered. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> shit. <laughs> um, last game I saw them play was obviously the, the pumping that they gave to to Borough, and I don't know if that's an accurate representation of Chelsea because I can't actually tell which Chelsea turns up week we got on a week by week basis. There's games I've seen them play where they've been playing four centre backs in their back four, um, which is just mind boggling. Um, Games where Mudrick looks like he's he is the the player that he is, and then there's other weeks where he's just you know Nicholas Pepe in whiteface. <laughs> it, it's they're, they're just such a baffling team. What do you actually make of them? Yeah, what well, I said before, they're shit, mate. I'll be honest, they're 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 not they're not they're not a good team. <laughs> they're they're the o- the only player that I honestly feel like will will cause me a bit of oh he might do something is Cole Palmer. I definitely mm. feel like he's a top top talent. Where he might even get a goal. He's a good. He's such a good finisher as well. Like I feel like he can honestly pop out of a goal um, out of nowhere. Of course, he's scored a lot of pens as well. Don't get it twisted. But yeah, um, apart from that, they are not a good team. Um, you couldn't. I couldn't tell you um, a style of play that they have in midfield. We may not be the strongest, but their midfield somehow is so disjointed that I feel like. If it's not at Stamford Bridge, Enzo isn't really performing well. Um, Sacedo mm. hasn't Sacedo hasn't started well. Actually. He st- started his um, career at Chelsea's well, at Chelsea well, and Cole Palmer, like I just mentioned, who plays in plays at in the in the in that ten row, I believe. Um, he's he's pretty good. Um, the wingers, Sterling, um, of course, Premier League legend, but he's not looking like the player that he was once before. Um, I don't even know who they got up front. I, Nico Jackson. Um, he's just not a good striker, is he? Um, and they've got Mudrik, who's just the Ukrainian roadrunner. He just just runs and with no purpose at all. Um, and I think we're in such a good groove that, and we're at Anfield as well, um, that that nil-nil um, at the start of the season just feels like, you know, start of the season kind of, kind of it was, it was kind of a start of the season boost for Chelsea. And for us, it was kind of a new season, you know, start for us. And as this and as the season has progressed, we've had a style of play. We've been controlling games, especially at Anfield. We've been getting goals at will. Um, we've interchanged with Salah, not even needing to be there. And mm-hmm. Chelsea haven't really shown that in consistent form. They showed it against Middlesbrough, but that's Middlesbrough, and this is going to be Liverpool at Anfield. So, yeah, man, I don't. Ex- I really do expect us to win this game. Um, especially because it'll be Klopp's first Premier League game back, and I think the guys would want to make a statement at the, at, you know, t- towards the Premier League race. So I'm I'm expecting a win because Chelsea are not a good side; they're really not. They're, yeah, I can never, I, I can actually never tell what team will, will turn up for them. Um, they, they barely beat Luton in that one game. They've quietly been on like a, say, a decent run of form. They've been doing okay, kind of in you know in recent weeks. Yeah, and that's and that's okay based on Chelsea of the last year or so. Not even based yeah. on Chelsea that we know. So it's mad. And even in the games that they do win, I think it was the last Premier League game where it looked a bit like hit mad Higgy for them for for a good like sixty minutes. So. Yeah, they're not they're not a good team. I'll be honest, and we we we'll, like we've done this before with Man United, but we should really be embarrassed if we don't get a win against them because they're really not a good team. 
Yeah, no, I completely agree. Um, Cole Palmer definitely been their best player this season. Um, looking like a, out of the million and one signings that they did make, considering they brought F, every FM region under the sun. Um, he looks like the best one. Um, and then the second best player probably for the season has been Colin Gallagher, who they are actively trying to sell to comply with PSR. Um, so yeah, that, that's fun. And, and yeah. So what were you thinking, score prediction-wise then, for, for, for the game tomorrow? 3-1. I'm going to say 3-1 as well, actually. Yeah, I can see that. I can see 3-1 <laughs> as well. I hear that. Yeah, that's a full house because I was literally thinking the same. <laughs> Were you? Oh, uh, why? <laughs> it must be. It must be an omen. Sick. <laughs> it must be an omen. I was also thinking three one. So full house. Hey. Literally, no way. <laughs> yeah. That is so weird. <laughs> and the thing is, we all know Cole Palmer will score as well. Oh that's yeah. A, that's that's a, yeah. That's <laughs> I love him like oh you know when you there's a um, player from an opposite team that you just can't help but love he's that yeah. for me at the yeah, moment so, like I yeah. love him like yeah, I, I can't say a bad word about him like his future is so bright there, there's, some, there's something about a player that's really telling Pep no I'm not going to stick around for you to <laughs> give me 15 yeah. games yeah. I'm going to Chelsea and I'm going to do my thing because I'm out here so I no, actually that is so true. still that yeah. that is that is real balls like Pep said. <laughs> yeah, man, it takes a set of stones on you to be like, yeah, I'm I'm gonna leave the most dominant side in English football for for God knows how long and just kind of see what I can do with Chelsea. Really, so again, more more power to him, and he's obviously he's doing incredibly well. He's the only shining light for them this season. Um. But yeah, anything else you guys want to cover before we before we end? Or I just want us to win tomorrow. <laughs> I'm yeah. really tired of it being a draw. Like I am so desperate. I think we've been so unlucky against these top six sides against um, at Anfield. Sorry, um, drawing to Arsenal, drawing to United, which to me is just beyond criminal. Personally. Mm-hmm. Um, I think drawing to Chelsea would be just as criminal as that United no, game. So I think yeah. we have, I, not I think we have to win, like is a hell or high water. For me, if we come through this weekend with four points, I'll be happy. Ideally six, but four points this weekend by Sunday. Amazing. Yeah, yeah. Just to follow on from that, I 100% agree. Obviously, tomorrow marks the first day of the the official Klopp farewell tour. And yeah. we need to, mm. you know, make each and every single Anfield night day count, man. You need to know he does. I, I don't want to see Klopp even mentioning atmosphere or noise once. Yeah. You know, you got what's it called? Cherish each Anfield day, each match. You know, to the fullest. You know, just sing your hearts out. You know, the boys will give everything. You know, and honestly, why I'm I'm expecting a, a steamroller. Um, I think you know we should just pick up form and. Hopefully win all the games to the end of the season, you know, but it all starts tomorrow. If we beat Chelsea, that's a big mental block cleared because we haven't beat them in ages, you know, so that would be a good sign to say that we're we're going to do something different this year. Yeah, I'm, I'm with the guys, man. I'm with the guys, yeah. We just need to end this season the best we can and, of course, like, Make 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 the best memories we can with Klopp because yeah we're not we're not gonna see we probably won't see another manager like this again we won't see another manager like this again mm-hmm. so we just need to make it count 
he's definitely like I remember someone saying something really profound actually like he's a once in a generation type manager and I feel yes, very privileged that we had that like our parents had like Bill Shankly Paisley and we can say to our kids and grandkids oh we were there during the time of Klopp like and that's mm-hmm. quite that's a privilege in itself so I'm grateful yeah and one thing about Klopp which is which is which is which is amazing is that we haven't lost a great manager. We also lost a good man as well. Like there's yes, so many clips of him like ingratiated with the city, ingratiated with the people. Mm-hmm. Um, so many like even this the players that he has as well. Like not not one player has one bad thing to say about him. Hundred percent. Because yeah. he's just a, a, a great man. Unless and it Mohamed think- Sako, that apart apart from him, but. <laughs> And one of you made such a good point earlier about something that actually just came back to me. It was like the new manager might not choose a player that is also a good person. And I think Klopp's values was always, even though you can be a good football player, for me, number one, you have to be a good person. And I think that shows during his tenure because you've never really heard any scandal, like anything Mm. careful. And that shows that it's because he's so meticulous in choosing people who are genuinely good people, who are human. And I think that's a testament to him. And yeah. What a guy. <laughs> I'll be very sad on May 19th. Yeah, <laughs> sure. you're missing him, man. <laughs> I think I'll be yeah. sobbing. <laughs> yeah. I've already Not booked a you... hotel as well, guys. Make sure you book yours. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> 100%. <laughs> Make sure you're there. There's only a few moments I can recall in my adult life that I'm crying. That's probably going to be one of them. Um, <laughs> but yeah, man, it's going to be it's gonna be a raucous... I, I'm, I'm glad that this, this game in particular... He's at eight o'clock on a Wednesday because it yes. feels like it should be under the lights. Everyone should yeah. have you know, a c- couple of drinks in them, make it as hostile <laughs> as possible, get behind the boys as much as possible, Absolutely, and man. use you know and use that Anfield atmosphere that has served us so well um, over the years, especially against Chelsea too. So yeah. it's always nice when you kind of have to do you know when 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 you're in this kind of zone that we're in and you go to battle with an old rival kind of restores the feeling that it kind of gets everyone on the same page and you know everyone knows kind of what the vision needs to be from there to the end of the season so look we've only got so many of these left and, and uh, not not pods because the pods aren't stopping they never stop the pods <laughs> never stop i can only recall three weeks we've took off in the god knows how long we've been doing this now but we've only got so many of these occasions left with club we need to cherish every single one of them Get behind the boys as much as possible, and at the end, of, and at the end of it, if we're lifting one, two, three, three? dare I say maybe four, <laughs> that's the perfect way to send it off. So you know, hopefully we can let him ride up in the sunset with um with four trophies and his Liverpool legacy, the the shining example of what a football manager should be. So. That has been your episode of Cop and Fracas for um, January the 31st, 2024. I've been your host, Chris. Uh, Dave and Julian, Naomi and Manny. Thank you very much for tuning in. We'll speak to you soon. Peace. Bye, Peace guys. Go. Sports Social Podcast Network.